Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. All right. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart, and I chose not to bring a guest in for this one because I can fill up the whole time by myself. And I know that any parent who's going to be talking about childcare and working from home could also do the same. So we might... uh, get back to this subject again sometime soon. I know it's actually been brought up several times in some of my previous episodes, but here we go. I'm going to be talking a lot about hiring a nanny, <laughs> uh, uh, not a live-in nanny uh, in our situation, but uh, a part-time nanny that we called our mother's helper. Uh, when I was working from home for Mayo Clinic, they required that is actually part of the contract when you uh, decided to work from home, that if you had children, that they would have other adult supervision, not you. And that's something that, um, you know, because we were having babies at that time and my husband was off at school uh, studying or teaching labs or whatever he was doing, I was still working into the early morning hours and even beyond when my kids would be waking up. So that is something that definitely came into play for us too. So I'm going to just go ahead and kind of walk through my journey a little bit. But before I get really deep into that, I do want to mention that I do love having guests on the show. Um, I don't mind doing a solo episode every once in a while, but um, my my passion is really the discussion and the conversation that I get. So if you have an interesting story that you'd like to share on this podcast, uh, I'd love to hear from you. If you go to www.yesiworkfromhome.com forward slash podcast forward slash guest, singular guest, I, you should find the uh, form, the Google form where you can go ahead and just fill out a few details. Some of them are required. Some of them aren't. You can do it pretty quickly or you can give me more detail. I do interview a, a range of people. Some people are working uh, for an employer. Some people are the employer. Uh, others are entrepreneurs who are just uh, working for themselves and, and setting their own uh, goals and their own rules. So uh, I'm happy to talk with you all. And as, as I've mentioned in the past, it's it's okay with me if you if you have something a, a service or a product that you want to share, we will give you some space for that. Uh, we do mostly want to focus on your journey, how you got to working from home, what has it been like for you, uh, what has been helpful to you, what has been harm not harmful, but uh, what has hindered you um, that you, that other people can learn from, and you know what tools have made it a little bit easier for you. That's the goal of this podcast, and I do love having co- people come in and and chat. But today we're gonna get going. So I know that this topic can kind of, well, first of all, bring up a few different emotions in people. You know, when people talk about having a nanny, some people are like, ooh, la, la, you know, oh, you must be, you know, wealthy to be able to afford that. And obviously, some people do pay a lot more money for um, having in-home help than others do. Depends on where you live. Um, but there's a lot of different ways that people might have in-home help. And some of these things that we'll be talking about or that I'll be talking about will be applicable to, you know, more than one situation. I have actually raised my children far away from my mom and from my husband's family. Uh, my mom and uh, dad, my stepdad, they all live up in Minnesota and we live in Arizona. It's about a 30-hour drive in a van with kids. And we have only done that a couple of times. Um the flights are few and far between that are, you know, affordable rate. And we just haven't had that lifestyle where we've had um, parents or our parents or the kids' grandparents nearby to help out with, you know, some of the childcare things. So we've always more or less depended on having outside help when we couldn't just juggle it ourselves. So um, 
I I guess I just wanted to put that up front. Like a lot of people are like, oh, what does it cost to have a nanny? And again, that is just completely subjective. If you have more than one kid, uh, depending on where you live, um, and also what your own lifestyle is, what your wages are, you know, what your uh, priorities are. Some people are just looking for someone to keep their kids safe. Some people are looking for someone that can not only keep their kids safe, but also, you know, really enrich their learning and um, do a lot of activities and drive them around and um, and even maybe help around with household uh, chores. So that's something that I will get into a little bit. But I just wanted to more or less just kind of get into why we decided to have an in-home um, helper. And it wasn't ever full-time. But it just seemed necessary for our situation. And I know that some people have been able to raise their children, even multiple children, without necessarily needing that. Um, In one of my earlier interviews, I think, oh, I I brought in Angela, my friend, um, from when we used to work together. And she and her husband were able to go back and forth and work opposite shifts all those years um, and raise a, a rather big family. Uh, my husband and I didn't always have the luxury of having totally opposite shifts. We've done that to some degree, but there was some overlap. So when I first started working um, overnights, I was single. And then eventually uh, I had roommates at some point and it actually worked out pretty well. Uh, I had one, <laughs> I was working overnights. One one of my roommates worked a day shift and the other one worked second shift. And so we never were competing for the shower. We all kind of had different, you know, routines of getting breakfast and stuff. And so we were never in each other's hair. Uh, when I got married, um, you know, it's pretty easy when it's just the two of you. I would, you know, work my night shift and he would work his day shift and we would see each other in the evenings before I started work. When we had kids, it got a little bit more complicated. And we did the first six months of my daughter's life without really having uh, a, a regular babysitter. I think we maybe had help a couple of times, maybe from a local friend, but more or less it was um, just the two of us. And so we had this funny, uh, I don't know if anyone else has ever done this, but we actually had a funny schedule for our daughter um, as a newborn. We would keep her up until about one o'clock in the morning. Obviously, she would have her normal nap, um, you know, throughout the day. It was just a different nap time than most people. So um, I would start work at 11 o'clock and she'd go to bed about 1 a.m. And, you know, of course I would take my lunch break and I would nurse her a few times. Um, that was one of the, you know, big perks of working from home is not having to pump, um, which I really appreciated. But again, you know, it's not for everyone. Eventually, well, I would be able to actually be able to sleep in the morning. I'd get off my shift around depending on what time of my life it was, like 7 a.m. or 9 a.m., depending um, when, when we're talking. But she would sleep with me for several hours into um, maybe about 11 a.m. And that was a weird schedule, I know, but um, that's what we did so that I could have even just a few minutes of sleep to rub together. Um, and, you know, my husband would basically just kind of keep her up with her while he's watch- watching a show and bounce her around a little bit and so she just had a different sleep schedule than most. I mean, not that it was, <laughs> does, does any newborn have actually a consistent sleep schedule? That's what we aimed for. And I was pretty sleep deprived during those six months. But then again, I had been working nights for several years and already was sleep deprived. So it wasn't like a huge change for me. Uh, when we were getting ready to move to Illinois for my husband to continue his graduate studies, 
that's when I realized, okay, my daughter's six months old. She's going to be a lot more mobile um, and awake. You know, newborns sleep more than six months old babies do. Six months old babies do. And I started to think I'm going to need help because now we're going to be moving to a city where we don't have any friends or any family. When we lived in Springfield, Missouri, we were, uh, we had a pretty good community of friends. Most of our friends were at that time single or newly married or without children. So a lot of people were working. Um, but I had a good, a good connection there. A lot of people that we just knew when we moved to Illinois, we knew literally zero people, um, and so I was like, wow, what am I going to do? And I want to find someone reliable. And I don't, I don't, you know, it's a smaller town. So I don't think that they have like a nanny agency or anything. Um, and, you know, just making that choice of, am I going to need to get, you know, daycare or someone to come in the home? And we decided to, let's just see what we can find. So one of the reasons that we did aim for having someone come into our home is because of my weird sleep schedule, I had learned that if I were to even open the front door and just see the sunshine for a moment, like to take the garbage out to the curb, I would ruin my sleep for the rest of the day. Like, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I need to sleep right now for about five hours and I would have that sunlight just hit my eyeballs and I would be done for. And so then I would end up, you know, just not being able to rest. Um, I think before I had um, my baby, I would even take like, Tylenol PM sometimes, but as soon as I was, you know, pregnant and nursing, that stopped. Um, and knowing better, I've learned a few other hacks to, you know, to regulate your sleep schedule even when you're on a off schedule. But one of the things is I had to be very careful to not let that sunlight hit my eyes until I had gotten my hours of sleep. And you know, you can you can shut the shades, you can wear an eye mask, you can have room darkening cur curtains and everything. But really, that was the thing. And so I knew that if I were to get off my shift and need to bring my kid to a babysitter or bring my kid to a childcare center or daycare or whatever, um, that would just screw me up and I wouldn't be able to sleep. And so we wanted to have someone that could come into the home early and, you know, just basically be there when the baby woke up and take her out. Because I was, um, you know, she would still be sleeping in our room with us and we just wanted someone that could take her to me if they needed to nurse and then take her out and just be around. Um, so I reached out to the local homeschool community. I, I mentioned this a few times in the past. I was actually homeschooled for several years when I was, I think, fifth grade through 11th grade, I was homeschooled. And I had a nanny job during those years. Um, I think probably from the time I was about 15 to 17, I think I helped uh, a family for a couple of years don't really remember exactly when it started and stopped, but uh, the gal was uh, a nurse and she was working about two days a week, um, full long days, like 12 hour shifts. And so I would be with the kids when they wake up at seven and I'd put them to bed around seven, um, right around the time that the mom was coming home. So the dad was working from, he kind of had two, he had two jobs. He was working in the mornings doing some sort of lawn care type work. Um, he had a truck that he'd drive around and go out and do jobs. And he sometimes he'd come home in between jobs and come home and get lunch. And then he'd go out and sometimes he'd be home like mowing the lawn or doing a few things around the, you know, property. Um, but for the most part, he was kind of in and out, in and out, mostly out. Um, and then the mom would be gone all day, just those two days a week. 
So I was waking the kids up and feeding them all of their meals. And then sometimes the dad would come in at lunch. Um, but for the most part, I did everything. Uh, my mom had talked with me when I was starting to babysit. Uh, I started babysitting around the age of 10. And I look at my own 10-year-old daughter and I'm like, wow, I can't believe anyone trusted me with their kids. But they were neighbors and my mom was nearby. And, uh, you know, that was the 80s, I guess. <laughs> and maybe it was the early 90s. So... My, uh, my neighbors hired me and I was able to just walk three quarters of a mile down the road and get to their house. Um, then they had a car I could drive when I was 16. I would drive them to the swimming pool and to the, to the library and everything. And then, uh, wow, that little boy, he was just the most gorgeous little kid. I was, I think he was three months when I started helping them and he took the best naps. Like he would sleep for hours. (laughs) Like literally um, like a two or three hour nap, like more than once a day. It was pretty amazing. And then the three-year-old daughter, uh, she was pretty sweet and would let me sit and just read stacks of books to her. And um, she always would like rub my ear when she took her nap. So I could even get both kids on for a nap a lot of days. And my mom had taught me when I started babysitting, hey, if you ever have downtime, if the kids are asleep or if they're, you know, preoccupied or something like that, you should be helping out around the house. And that's how she had been taught by her mom. And she's like, you know, I, my mom told me I needed to be like (laughs) ironing their laundry and scrubbing floors and everything. And that's the kind of work ethic that I was raised with. And that's what I would do for this family as well. So um, I'd clean their house like once a week, um, you know, mopping and sweeping and, and all of the things. Um, I think I was even doing like toilets and stuff. I was unloading the dishwasher and reloading it and stuff. I probably had no idea what I was doing um, because we didn't grow up with the dishwasher, but you know, um, I did my best. So um, I did have some extra downtime and I could read a book and I could do some of my studies, but that's just because I kidnapped so freaking well. Um, So when I was thinking about how am I going to find a good quality babysitter who isn't going to be too expensive, you know, maybe I need to find someone who's experienced with younger siblings. And a lot of the homeschool families are known for having, not all of them, obviously, but you know, if you're going to have a large family, it's probably going to be a homeschool family. So I reached out to the homeschool community and I'm like, hey, I'm not currently homeschooling, but you know, I've got two little kids and just was hoping to find a nanny that would be like what I was when I was a nanny back then. Um, You know, someone who had experience and maybe who is old enough to drive. Um, who is a little bit more flexible in the mornings than maybe someone who's in high school or in college. So sure enough, I got a name and a gal emailed me a couple of days later, basically with her application, um, explaining her situation and said, hey, you know, I am one of, and I think it was nine, nine kids. And I think she was like the second oldest and she had seven younger siblings. And yeah, I can drive this like 15 passenger van or whatever it was. Um, and she sounded like super great fit. And and in an honesty, she she stayed with us for a few years and is still a friend. So I love it when you can have that connection that really does, you know, stand the test of time. Um, so this gal ended up being there when we moved in, when we rolled in with our U-Haul truck. She was there with her seven younger brothers and um, helped us unload <laughs> and was there for us um, when our second child was born. And I think she even like came to the house to be there when I went into the hospital and was there with the baby while I was getting giving birth to the other baby. <laughs> um, so... There are, there are lots of things that you have to consider when you're hiring a nanny. 
And finding someone that is going to be a good fit your family is has a lot of things um, that goes to it. And, and it depends on your personality and your family structure and your um, all of the things about your situation. So when that nanny, eventually she was in college and she was, you know, juggling lots of different things. And after a couple of years, she's like, hey, I just can't do it all. Um, you're going to have to find someone else at this point. Um, you know, we started our first official hunt for a nanny, um, not through the homeschool community. I ended up choosing to go through care.com. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people that have feelings about uh, a platform like that. And I will say this, it's kind of like Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, where you're going to get a little bit of everything. You're going to get the people who are going to flake out on you and you're going to get the people who are high quality and just looking to, you know, make a buck. So um, care.com ended up being a pretty good tool for us. And we just learned a few tricks along the way about how to utilize it a little bit better. So the first time I put out a request to find a new nanny, I I ended up interviewing 11 people in one day. It was it was exhausting to say the least. So um, I I learned a few things from that experience, and I'm actually going to share a little bit about what that was like and uh, what I learned for next time, in case anyone is in a similar situation. Now I understand there are a lot of people that can go ahead and hire through an agency or who choose to go ahead and go through like a daycare center or a local family member coming in or going there or something like that. I understand there's lots and lots of different opportunities. And I'm just going to share my story and how we ended up where we are. So one of the things that we did is when we advertised for having someone come to our home, we said we advertised it as a part-time nanny slash mother's helper. And I wanted to kind of emphasize that I would be home and I would be possibly in and out a little bit at times. I would be home. I would be sleeping. I would be available in the case of an emergency but for the most part, you know, protecting my sleep time was important. Um, another thing I wanted to emphasize was that we were hoping that we could find someone who would be with our children, keeping them safe, but also doing some of the things in the home that I would be doing if I was awake. Um, and obviously, when you hire someone, there's different pay skills. You know, if if they're just going to keep your kids safe, uh, you might pay them, you know, a babysitter rate. If they are um, a highly skilled nanny, like I was mentioning earlier, you've got the career nannies who have gone through nanny training. Um, that is a thing. And who are, you know, a different kind of caliber. And then you've got the the people in between. So I was not looking to hire a maid. Um, I definitely didn't expect someone to get down and scrub my floors in the same way that I had done for the other lady in the past. Um, you know, we we couldn't pay someone enough to really ask for that. But we did uh, let them know that, hey, we are kind of starting to do a Montessori lifestyle. We were bringing in our daughter. She was um, a little bit older at that time. So we were starting to bring her to a homeschool co-op Montessori. Uh, it was in someone's home in her basement. And we were teaching them some of the basic elements of like doing things for themselves. And they do a lot of practical life skills in that setting. And so, you know, you start to teach kids how to fold their washcloths into quarters and how to match socks and, you know, how to choose their own clothes. And you put things away, like when you're unloading the dishwasher, you put them at a child's level, the the, the dishes that are safe enough for them to touch um, at the child's level so that they could get their own. And so they can have a lot of independence and autonomy as far as making some choices. And I really had been reading a lot about that and really liked that lifestyle. And I thought, hmm, 
this could play itself into a nice thing where I could say, hey, you know, helper person who's coming into my home, we would like our child to learn how to do some of these things. And I always said, hey, we don't want you to have to touch our dirty laundry. You don't have to, you know, scrub our dirty dishes in the sink. But if if the dishwasher is clean, could you please unload it with the child and have, you know, my daughter help you put things away? We were, we're setting things up so that we could do that. And we'd really appreciate that. Um, same thing with laundry. If you've got a clean load of laundry, if you don't mind, you know, helping her learn how to fold her things. And if there's something else there that you're willing to do, we really appreciate that. Um, and so I came into it with that idea in mind that I would have someone that would hopefully be willing to do a, at least a little bit of light housekeeping without the huge sticker price on that, um, which some people are like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I get it. Like, you know, like definitely if you need a full time maid, you know, pay for that. But if I'm going to be just watching my child or having someone watch my child and I know that they're going to be sitting in the high chair for 20 minutes eating their snack, um, I'm hoping that if that kid, you know, spills all over the floor, that that person would be willing to take out a mop and clean it up. And we always emphasize, like, please just help them learn how to clean up after themselves. And if you don't mind helping clean up after their own messes and, you know, helping the children put away their clothes kind of thing. Well, the first time we brought in these 11 people to interview, it was all in one day. And I think we booked them out like half hour, 45 minutes apart. And it was a lot of people. And we learned a lot that day, a lot. Um, I never want to do 11 interviews in a day again. That's exhausting. Um, it's emotionally exhausting. I will say that. It's, it's a big deal to have people come into your home. And, you know, you are assessing them. You know, is this going to be a person that I can feel will keep my child safe? Um, someone that I would want to have in my home while I'm sleeping. Um, and then they're also kind of checking you out. They're looking around and be like, mm, is this the kind of position I would want to take? And I'm very aware, you know, I am not the best housekeeper. And, you know, so sometimes there's clutter and I've got books and there's just like stuff. Um, and I had in that house that we were in back in Illinois, we had a very long living room that I had to partition off part of it to be my office. And so I basically took bookshelves and made an L shape and my office was the back behind there. So it was just kind of cramped um, because we were just doing the best we could with a two bedroom house needing, you know, and having two babies at this point and needing to have a home office and such. And I was also starting a home business um, selling some uh, products on the internet. So I was, you know, having inventory and shipping materials and everything. So I think, I I don't know. I think we all are always a little bit aware of how people might think about us, you know, when they're coming into our home and we had a cat and, you know, you're just always worried that you might say the wrong thing. And then one of the ladies was like, well, um, I want to interview, but my sister wants to interview as well. Cause then we could tag team, but my sister is deathly allergic to peanuts. And I was like, oh, we would love to have her, but we have used a lot of peanuts in our home. We have, you know, peanut oil that we have, you know, seasoned all over cast iron, um, cast iron cookware with. And um, my daughter, she just smears peanut butter everywhere. So I just am worried that that would be a dangerous situation for her. I don't know if we could ever clean up clean enough to be safe for your sister. Um, and so I felt bad about that. Um 
at the very end of the day, so it was just like one after another after another person coming in. And what I learned really quickly is that a lot of people didn't read. They didn't read the description. They didn't realize that they were interviewing for a part-time position. I really only needed someone to come into my home for about four hours in the morning. Um, And it was only going to be three to four days a week because I was only working. I was working on the weekends as well. So uh, I only needed someone to come in on like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday mornings, and sometimes on Tuesdays. And so it was kind of an erratic schedule. And I had laid it out very clearly, I thought, on that care.com like description page. And wow, I mean, I guess people just saw an opportunity and they just applied and they just applied blindly without even reading. And if you know me, I'm kind of a wordy person. I probably put everything in and um, maybe that just some people gloss over it. <laughs> Their eyes just kind of glass over. They're like, ah, um, but, you know, they see the the wages or whatever. And they're like, yeah, I, I want that. Um, so I learned a lot that day, a lot that, um, well, basically what I came away with is I have got to do a better job of screening people before I bring them into my home. So the end of that day, the very last person that I interviewed, uh, one of the things that we had been that I had put as a description in our uh, advertisement for that position was that we were looking for people who not only could keep our kids safe and read books and, you know, could do some of these like little Montessori type things with their kids. But because of my schedule, I wasn't really able to bring my kids to like community ed type, you know, enrichment type things. I wasn't able to put my kids into dance or gymnastics just because of my crazy sleep schedule and erratic work schedule. So I was like, hey, and if you have any other skills that you have learned, you know, that you would be able to share with my children, you know, if you're into art or music or another language or, you know, dance or gymnastics or anything, please let me know because we would love to, you know, keep that in mind as we're making our choice. So this one gal who was the last person interviewed that day, she's like, yeah, I actually, I, um, I'm a dancer. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So, of course, I asked her, what kind of dancer, what kind of dance do you like to do? Would you be able to teach my daughter? And, yeah, it was pole dancing. So we didn't hire her (laughs) Um, for other reasons. And we ended up hiring a gal who was just a neighbor down the street, which was convenient. She was, like, four four houses down, and she was very, very artistic and did some amazing art projects with our kids. Just loved it. So I'd wake up and there'd be like amazing art. And like when it was our birthday, like my birthday, amazing art on the walls and outside and everywhere. Um, but I, I probably will say this a lot of times, but all good things must come to an end. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I guess when you're hiring someone who's in that stage of life, you know, the the late high school years and the early college years, there's always going to be a transition. And we worked really hard, especially with that first nanny who stayed with us for two years, you know, when she started college. Um, Her schedule would change and my husband's schedule would change. And so we were always having, we were always having to figure out, you know, who is going to wake up with the kids and what time do they need to come? And if that person has a morning class, how am I going to make it work? And am I going to stay awake and then go to sleep? And actually, at some point, I switched my sleep schedule completely so that I was working in the evening or sleeping in the evenings before work. And so I would basically just stay up all day long and then not be able to sleep until my husband got home from school like at seven o'clock. So then I would try to sleep from like seven to 11 and start working at 11. And it was 
um, we, we really tried to make it work because having that continuity of having this person who's really invested a lot of time and love into your children, you don't want to just keep flipping that and changing it. You know, that's a really big transition for a kid to go through. Um, not only having the difference between having mom and dad take care of them on different days, but then bringing in this third person and then sometimes a fourth person. So we definitely always wanted to try to keep people as long as we could. But, you know, this this gal who we ended up hiring, eventually she moved away. She finished. I think she graduated or something and she moved on. And actually, um, that was actually pretty good timing for our family because she moved the day before my husband graduated. Uh, with his uh, degree there in, in Illinois. And we found out that we were pregnant like about five seconds before we walked out the door to go help her move um, with our third child. And so it was kind of a good thing because my husband was going to be job hunting and we didn't necessarily want to have to continue paying someone to watch our children while he was going to be home anyway. And so it wasn't like we had to let go of that person. They just naturally were already out, uh, on their way out to a new life um, in another city. So uh, my husband was job hunting for about 15 months. Uh, during that time, we had our baby in the middle of that. We moved back to Missouri, which is I keep saying this. It's a, it's a, that's a whole episode of itself in itself. Um, and when we finally moved to Arizona, we needed to hire again because we knew that I would still be working. I was actually able to keep my work from home job. That's the beauty of some of these positions is I, I was hired in Minnesota. I had that job in Missouri and in Illinois and back in Missouri. And when we moved to Arizona, I still had the same job. So we had that stable um, the benefits. We had the health insurance for everybody in the family, dental and eye insurance, everything, which was really nice. But I needed to get back on the bandwagon as far as hiring someone with, um, I decided to go back to care.com. And I think if I were to do it in the future, I probably would look into the nanny options um, through the agencies a little bit closer. Um, I do think that there is something to be said for someone who's gone through nanny training versus someone who's just like, hey, I can be a babysitter. Um, so the very first gal that we interviewed, uh, in, in Arizona basically met us when we came in with the truck, similar to what we had done that first time. Um, but rather than her bringing along her seven brothers, we had, uh, hired a couple of movers that would just basically unload our U-Haul. Um, I had just, you know, had a baby. Um, she was eight months old. We had three kids and there's no way that with my back in the position that it was, um, at this point, um, after having three kids, I was not going to be lifting all those boxes, um, so she basically met us at the door when we came in with the truck and helped with the kids while I was helping direct the traffic and everything. And then after that, we had a little conversation, which was like our interview. And I thought, you know, this we had talked quite a bit uh, online before we had met. And I thought this might be a good fit. But sure enough, um, she left. And a couple of hours later, I got a text from her saying, I would love to be a babysitter for your family, but I'm going to need $25 an hour. And at the time, I wasn't making that. And so I texted her back and I was like, you'd be making more money than me. So I can't do that. We can't justify paying you more than I can make. Then why would I even be working? She's like, yeah, well, other families will pay it. And it's true. There are families, especially, you know, when you live in a bigger metropolitan area and you've got some affluent cities nearby, you know, we've got, you know, some very wealthy people in the area who hire nannies and will pay $25 or more an hour. And not only that, but they'll supply a car and, you know, all the, all these extra perks. And we're not that family. 
I have a sister actually who did a nanny position like that down in um, another state, out of state, East Coast. And um, yeah, she was paid very well, uh, probably more than I was making at the time and was supplied a car and also was at the beck and call of someone who expected her to, at the drop of a hat, come and do an overnight, like right now, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm heading out of town for the weekend. I need you. And so, um, you know, that with those kinds of wages and that kind of lifestyle, you know, there's different expectations and we, we weren't those people. So I decided that in order to really use my time wisely, especially being busy with the three kids and having a, um, a job and, you know, a lot going on. I was dealing with some health issues. I had been bitten by a tick. Um, I had a tick on me when we were job hunting and there were some like repercussions, <laughs> if you will. Uh, and so I just wasn't feeling well. Um, it all happened right around the time of the move. And I decided, you know what, in order to be able to really maximize my time and not have to bring 11 people through my house again, I'm going to do a screening interview. Rather than just talking back and forth in these things, I'm going to actually have like a set of questions and we're just going to use them. And if people don't like my questions, they don't need to be my nanny. And one of the things that I have told people in interviews with me is that you're not just watching the kids. You know, I am part of the package. Like I will be in and out and, you know, you will be interacting with me. You'll be bringing the baby to me and bringing the baby back from me and you will see me in my sleep. And by the way, I sleep really heavily and I sometimes say weird things. Um, like my husband has told me that I've called him mom a lot of times in my sleep and I'm not always with it. So just so you know, um, you know, if I ever say anything weird, please don't take it personally because who knows, I was probably asleep. Um, I also warned people that they might see me in various stages of undress because, um, you know, I was nursing these babies and um, in and out of sleep. And then the baby would be in and out of sleep and sometimes things would just be there and they'd probably see me and they probably all did. Um, and that was just part of the job. <laughs> like, you just need to know up front, like, this is probably going to happen. Um, I'm a very modest person, but when I'm sleeping, I might not be so modest. So um, when I started to use a screening interview um, questionnaire, it really did help. And when I chose to ignore it or not do it, um, I always paid the price. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually go ahead and read. I brought it with me, um, these 10 questions that I had. And I realized that it was excessive um, and it probably is for a lot of people. But the reason that I used this is because I felt like when I was going to invite someone to come into my home and have that interview, I wanted that time to be really personal. And I wanted to get a lot of this stuff out of the way and make sure that they knew what they were getting into. I don't want anyone else to show up at my door and say, oh, I didn't realize it wasn't going to be a full-time position. Like that, I needed them to respond and answer these questions so that I knew that they understood so they wouldn't be wasting my time and I wouldn't be wasting their time. And so question number one on my screening interview was, Will this schedule, and I laid it out very specifically, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings from this time to this time work for you? Will this time work for you? And I also just laid out that there would be some opportunities for some backup babysitting here or there, or that we might have an opportunity for, you know, an extra day here or there if I picked up an extra shift. But, you know, this is the core schedule and we are going to be interviewing for a backup babysitter in case you're not available outside of your normal schedule. Um, but in case you would want those extra hours, we'd offer them to you first. Um, and 
I had a pretty specific question and I also added a few comments. And so this was a very lengthy document. Um, I did have one gal who complained about it. She's like, oh yeah, that was really long and it took a long time to fill it out. And I hired her <laughs> and then I regretted it um, because you know what? That's my personality. I am a wordy person. And if I'm going to be working that closely with you and you're going to be in my home, you're going to have to be okay with my wordiness, you know? Um, so question number two, I, I did ask if they had any foreseeable conflicts in the next, you know, six to eight months. I was hiring a lot of people who were college-age students. And I'm saying a lot of people, but it really wasn't that. I mean, I guess there have been a lot of people, but there's always been a pretty good reason to explain this transition. I, I'm trying to not take it, take it personally that there was like this revolving door of like part-time nannies. But when you're hiring someone for a part-time job and they want a full-time job, they're not going to stay for very long, especially if there's not going to be an opportunity for full-time work. Uh, so we were trying to find someone that would, you know, not only be available now, but it be available you know, are they planning on staying in the area for the next year? You know, obviously things will kind of are going to come up. But um, some people, if I was hiring, say, in like May, they were fully intending on moving out of state in August. And I just needed to know, you know, like, are you planning on staying in Arizona um, or leaving? <laughs> um, because there were a couple of times that I did hire someone temporarily to get me through a pinch. Um but for the most part, we were always trying to find someone that was long, long term because, like I said, it's a really big deal to put your kids through that. They form a relationship and to just constantly have that person changing in there and the um, routines changing. I, I don't want to do that to my kids. So question number three, I was asking if they ever had a hard stop of what time they needed to leave for the day, if they had, you know, if they were scheduled until noon but they have a one o'clock class. I need to know if they have that one o'clock class so that um, if I go run an errand and I'm going to get caught in traffic or something, I need to know if I can still make it to the bank or if I need to rush home. You know, would you want to have extra time added to the end of your day on occasion in a pinch or not? Um, and so that was, these are, I think every single question that I put in here happened for a reason. Like um, something happened and I didn't want to ever make that mis mistake again. And I explained a little bit about some of my uh, erratic schedule when I was uh, starting that online business where I was selling some physical products. I was, you know, needed to run to the post office a lot and to the courthouse and yada, yada. So I eventually, you know, got to the point where I could baby wear both of my kids at the same time and like put one on front and one on back. But there were some times that it was convenient if the babysitter was able to hang out for the extra 30 minutes where I could go run, bounce around town for a few more minutes and get stuff done by myself. Um, that was nice. Number four, if you have your own transportation, is your vehicle also reliable enough and available for transporting our three kids to and from school drop off? So the reason this question came up is because uh, we started having quite a few people who were interviewing with us who also had their own children. And, you know, bring your kid to work is, you know, a very wonderful feature that, you know, nanny can sometimes have. I, I think my own sister even possibly did that. I'm not sure. Um, but at some point you can, you know, sometimes they like it when you bring a playmate along and other people are like, eh, that's not going to really work out for us. What, our, what we ran into is that we had a five passenger car and we needed to transport our kids to school. And if they brought their own kid along, there was not 
enough space. There wasn't enough room in either car. If they brought their own car, if they brought, if they were going to use our car, no matter how you did it, there weren't enough um, back seats <laughs> for all of these car seats in our little Toyota Corolla. And I felt terrible. Like this one lady we had is just the best ever, but she had her son and we couldn't have her bring him most of the time if she was going to have to transport our kids to school. If it was a, if it was a day that it wasn't a school day, like um like a holiday or a spring break or a summer or something, of course she could bring him. But um, I think she had a family member a lot of times who was able to help out with that baby um, when she came for those few hours. So I did have to ask um, about the reliable vehicle, but it also came up with the car seats that ended up being an issue with several people. And I, I love the idea of having someone who wants to have their own child come with them to work. But you have to remember that it also brings up another issue. If their child gets sick or hurt or something comes up or whatever, um, if their kid has a half day of school, um, they might not be as reliable for you for when you need them to be reliable um, as far as coming on time or something. And so that's when a backup comes into play. Um, in the area that we live in right now in Arizona, uh, something sprung up a few years ago that I did utilize a few times right away. It was called, oh dear, Busy Bee Babysitting, I think. And they described it as basically Uber for babysitters. So if you need a babysitter, they had already screened them, um, done their background checks and the driving and all the things. And you basically were just going to trust that whoever they sent to your house would be um, a, a safe person to be with your kids in a pinch. And I did utilize that a few times when someone's car broke down on their way to her home um, or that day that I had promised my son that I would be there for his like, I want to say it was like a Valentine's Day party. And I was like, honey, I'm dropping you off right now, but I'll be back at one o'clock and I will see you in your classroom and I'll be there for your party. And then my babysitter, something happened and they couldn't make it. Um, probably a very valid reason. I can't remember, but I was like devastated. I was in a, I was in a really big pinch because I had promised my son that I would go and be there and I wouldn't have been able to explain why I couldn't come. And he was expecting, and, and like the teacher was expecting, <laughs> everybody was expecting me to be there and I had no babysitter. Um, and I couldn't bring the other kids. So that wasn't an option. So I hired this temporary, like, you know, one-time babysitter. It ended up being a good experience. Um, we ended up, I think I ended up doing it two or three times. And all of the times it was, they're very just like punctual, show up, do their job, and then like out the door. So, um, but one of them I ended up chatting with a little bit and she said, yeah, I have a sister who, um, who has three kids also. And they are um, similar ages to your kids. And, you know, if you ever need a babysitter, she might be interested also, except for she can't do this Beezabee's babysitting because she doesn't have an iPhone. She uses an Android and they, for some reason, didn't have the iPhone. Um, the, it was a iPhone app only. So I guess only families that had iPhones and only nannies who had iPhones could use their app. Um, well, lo and behold, I ended up hiring this lady's um, sister to watch her kids for several months, which was also fantastic. So, um, so basically the transportation thing did become an issue because my husband and I were sharing one vehicle and we didn't want people to have to use their own car if we could provide our car. But if we were providing our car and my husband needed to get to work, he was biking or walking or taking an Uber. And so there were times that it was helpful if someone could use their own car and we 
compensated, you know, differently. And that's something that I didn't mention earlier. Uh, you know, when you talk about how much does it cost to hire a nanny? Well, it depends on your area. How many kids do you have? What is your social status like? You know, like all of these different things. And I learned that it was helpful to tell people that there were a few different pay ranges that or there was a pay range that we were willing to operate within. And on the low end, this is what we would pay our neighbor girl who was a high school student. She was a young high school student. Um, she would keep her kids safe. She would basically, you know, play and keep them safe and not do much else. And that's fine. You know, when I was working, um, at some point I changed my schedule. I started working in the afternoons, starting at like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so it was more like a late second shift type schedule. And then I would work until about four or five in the morning. Um, I say four or five because I am in Arizona and we don't observe daylight savings time here. So when I was working for a Minnesota company that did observe daylight savings time, my schedule had to change to accommodate the fact that their schedule stayed the same when they changed their clocks. I don't know if that made sense, <laughs> but it definitely did come into something like my husband would be getting home from work about 4.30, but I needed to start work at four sometimes out of the year. And so this gal would come in. She was, um, she was really great with the kids when she came, but she forgot a lot. She forgot to just come. <laughs> sometimes I couldn't get a hold of her. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of comes with the territory sometimes when you have a younger a younger sitter who's, you know, socially active and everything. So um, I didn't pay her the same rate that I paid the person who came to my house with their own car, ready to install car seats into their car to bring my kids to school and then uninstall the car seats on their way out and put them back into my car or whatever it was that we had to do. Uh, we did all sorts of different things. It just depending on the time of year and whether or not my husband could get to work safely on a bike um, or if it was 125 degrees or whatever it is here in Arizona. We did have some days that were 120, like 123, I think is the highest I ever saw it. But some people said that it was 125, 126 on their thermostat, um, just depending on where you are in the valley. And on those days, either I would have to drive my husband to work or he would take an Uber or he would bike and like he would leave a little earlier and bike and then I would go pick him up after work. Um, lots of different things. But when my schedule kept changing, it was just, it was tricky. So what I started telling people was we pay this much for, you know, someone who's just going to watch our kids and not much more, um, just keeping them safe. We'll pay this much for the person who is not only going to keep our kids safe, but also, you know, helping them do more activities and crafts and I guess we would have expected even the the cheapest babysitter to do some crafts or activities, but we were like, but in addition, you know, would you be able to help in the home in the same way that I would be, you know, taking care of things if I were awake or not working, um, such as unloading the dishwasher and folding the clean laundry and stuff like that. And as soon as people heard that there was a range, of course, they wanted the top end of that range because, you know, it was several dollars more an hour um, and it was really worth it <laughs> to me, honestly. Um, to have someone help fold those loans of laundry and, you know, sweep the floors. I don't think that we ever really asked people to mop um, or anything that was really intense. But, you know, there is, again, downtime where those kids are taking a nap or sitting in the high chair or very engaged in a coloring project or whatever they're doing. 
Um, there's definitely some room for that white housekeeping, and I was definitely hoping to find someone that would do that. I did hire someone who didn't do any of that, and um, I learned to phrase it a little bit differently. Um, the gal that didn't do anything. <laughs> the reason I hired her is because I was going to interview, I think, I don't remember the entire story. I was going to interview her maybe later that day, um, or she was going to come and do a trial run. I can't remember exactly. I, I didn't interview her. She was going to come and meet me. And instead of doing a regular interview, one of my kids was sick, like barfing, and I needed to get the other kid to school. And I was kind of desperate, and I texted her, and I was like, hey, um, something happened. My daughter is is sick. We don't know if it's a stomach bug or if she ate something funny, but um, I'm going to either have to cancel on you, or if you wanted to come, I will pay you to stay with my other kid while I bring the other kid to school. Um, well, one kid while I bring the other kid to school. <laughs> And she wanted to come. And I was like, well, that's cool. Um, Thank you for coming and saving my day because I didn't know how I was going to like handle Barfy kid in the backseat. Um, but I still needed to get other kid to school, which in retrospect, maybe I wouldn't bring a kid, a sibling to school if one of the kids was barfing. But, you know, this was like five years ago. So don't judge too harshly. Um, I know better now, especially in the pandemic. Obviously, everyone, everything is different now. So... Um, I hired her like we basically she just came and she just jumped right on in and um, it seemed pretty great and she was really cute and like friendly and like great with the kids and I didn't mean cute like in a weird way I bet cute like with the kids um, and um, <laughs> and then I you know over the course of many months I just noticed that she would leave a huge mess at the end of the morning when she was done with the kids, like all of the toys would be out. And she apparently was mostly just sitting around drinking coffee and looking at her phone. So, um, you know, really sweet personality. Like I don't really begrudge, begrudge anyone, but you just notice that some people have a different attitude towards work when it comes to watching kids. Like, hey, my job is to just keep them from hurting themselves versus I'm going to see how much I can help this mom who obviously is like frazzled and a little bit stressed out all of the time. Um, and I really liked the latter a lot more than the former. So um, I did have a few people come in in the interim. Like, I, I can't remember if she got like a full-time job somewhere else, um, like a day job. I think that's what happened. I think they changed her hours and she got like a full-time position. Um, and so I was on the hunt again. And at one point, I ended up with just this gem of a lady, a little older than most of the people that I had hired in the past. And I had never really thought of hiring like a grandma aged person uh, because I just always thought maybe like the younger kids would be cheaper. <laughs> you know, we were definitely on a tight budget. We had just moved across the country um, on our own dime. We didn't have enough money to move across the country. We were in a really tight pot spot. Um, it was really hard and, you know, had a lot of debt that we um, needed to pay off. But, you know, wanting to still be able to have the kids in our home. And I told people, I said, we are not hiring a nanny because we have lots of money. It's because we want to have as much time with our kids as possible. Um, you know, it was a priority for me since I was able to breastfeed to be able to breastfeed um, without having to pump. That was a big deal for me. And I was able to do that. Um, but, you know, it comes with the cost. Like um, working and doing that is is not always easy. Um, my husband sometimes could come home from work early or from school, depending on what t stage of our life we were in. 
Um, and he wanted to be with the kids and not having to have the extra transportation time to get to someone else, else's house um, to drop them off and pick them up. Not having to wake up the kids, you know, before they were ready to bring them off to, you know, someone's daycare center or something like that. Um, and so one of the things I told people, I said, hey, I know there's people out here in the valley that will pay $25 an hour and we're just not those people. Like we just can't afford that. I would if we could. Totally would. We know that you probably are worth it. But, you know, let's consider those jobs. You know, you've got the families that can afford that. Those are like the five star, five star steakhouses. <laughs> and then you've got McDonald's, you know, the people that are trying to get by with paying only five or eight dollars an hour. We're going to be more like the Applebee's or like Olive Garden people. Like we're, we're going to try to pay you as fairly as we possibly can. But just realize that this is, you know, a sacrifice for our family. Um, and I think I said some level of that to a lot of the people that I interviewed um, without trying to be too weird, but just explaining, like, we know that there's people out there that can pay more and we'll try to make this job as easy for you as possible. But, you know, here's where we're at and here's what we're hoping for. And what I learned is that it was just very helpful to set the expectation from the beginning. You know, if I didn't tell someone at the very beginning, like the gal who drank a lot of coffee and looked at her phone all day. I probably never told her that we were hoping that she would help my daughter learn how to fold her laundry and put away the dishes. Probably just never even came up. And that's the sort of thing that is just a little bit too late to mention a few weeks down the road. She had already established her routine. And it's hard to kind of pull back and say, hey, we want you to do more for the same amount of money that you're making. Um, it's not going to happen. So it's very helpful to just set the standard and let them know and just to be transparent and as friendly as you can. But like, you know, this is what we're looking for. Um, and if that's not your fit, you know, that's fine. We're, we'll, we'll keep looking. Another thing I did is that I would have them do, like I mentioned with the gal that came that day unexpectedly in the morning with my Barfy kid, um, we would do a trial run. So I would always say, hey, we're interviewing for a main person to do this, you know, part-time gig, but we're also always looking for backups, like for date nights or if something ever comes up and they, ha if they're sick, you know, we're just looking to see who's available, um, and, you know, we're, we're hiring more than one position right now. Um, and so I would usually have them come like the next day after their interview, if they're available, to do what we called a paid trial run. And I would get, we would get the kids ready together. I would wake up with them in the morning and, or I would already be awake, I guess. I'd get up with them and show them how we got the kids ready, where everything was. I'd get into the car with them. I'd have them drive my car or their car, I guess, depending on the situation, to our school. We would do the whole driveline uh, experience, either in real life or even a dry run if it wasn't, if school wasn't in session when we were doing this interview, sometimes in the afternoon or on the weekend. Um, but we would just do everything together so that they wouldn't, you know, be confused about which way to, to pull into the school or something like that. Um, and that actually worked really well. And that kind of gave me a few hours to kind of get to know that person. And they knew that the, this was a trial run, but I was still paying them for their time. So it wasn't too awkward. Um, and that really helped us make our decision. But you have to be a little careful when you're doing that whole, like, I'm going to take a few days to decide because a lot of these people are interviewing for multiple positions in that same span of time. So even if we found someone that was really good, like by the next day, they could have already been hired by someone else. Um, there's not a lot of loyalty, you know, in that sort of situation where, Everyone is trying to find someone. Everyone's looking for a job at the same time. So I'm going through this list of the 10 questions, and I was on question number four. 
So question number five was, have you ever worked with a family where one parent was home most or part of the time? And again, that goes back to my experience with working with that family when I was 15 to 17 years old and knowing how awkward it was at times when the dad would come home and I didn't exactly know who was in charge. Like when the kids spilled the milk and it was lunchtime and we're all sitting there at the, I guess they had like a um, breakfast bar type situation and the kid in the high chair spilled something like who's going to jump up and clean that <laughs> who's going to help the kid when they fall down and start crying like I, I never was quite sure when he was going to have to slip out again um, but I also wanted to let him be dad and so I basically would say all of those things I just mentioned in my interview and just say hey I have lived this experience as the nanny I know that it's a little bit different you know to be the nanny when a parent is in the house is different than when you are the adult in charge and just recognizing that. And that's why I always put the mother's helper, you know, part-time nanny slash mother's helper because I am around and sometimes I'm working and I can't be interrupted. Sometimes I'm sleeping and I really need to sleep. Um, but sometimes I want to be with my kids. And so I might just come out. Maybe there'll be a day that I couldn't sleep and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and spend this time with my kids. And a lot of times, if I had basically established those expectations very well, um, that person might just say, you know, they would either, I would give them the option. Do you want to stay? Do you want to help around the house for a little while and keep your regular schedule? Did you need, want to slip out early? Did you have anything you need to get to? It's up to you. And as long as I gave them those choices, or if I was out running errands, they're like, hey, you know, I'm calling. I'm like, hey, I know that your time to leave is at 12 and I can be home by 12, but would you prefer to have an extra hour today? Because if if so, then I could go and do these other things. It's up to you. And I always felt that that was as best I could do, to be fair. Um, obviously, you know, I'm kind of a quirky person and I'm sure there are a few people that weren't sad to be finished with our family. Another thing is that our kids, you know, we're going through some things. Um, we found out that we were very, 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 very sensitive to food dye and food dye makes my kids kind of angry or crazy or hyper or something. Um, we're hopefully going to grow out of that at some point, but we're still very careful even years down the road. So <laughs> there's, there's that, like, you know, those nannies, like when you are, are establishing with a new family, you know, the kids are usually kind of shy and cute <laughs> for the first few weeks. And then, you know, after everyone starts to get comfortable with each other, you start to see the true personalities coming out and um, or they are comfortable enough that they don't mind throwing a big old hissy fit or have a meltdown in front of you. You know, it's a safe place. So I'm just going to let it all out. And another thing that comes in when you have someone in your home, whether or not you're there um, or just anyone caring for your child at daycare or, you know, at grandpa's grandma and grandpa's house or, you know, a babysitter's house kids sometimes hit milestones when you're not awake or when you're working. And that was something that was a little bit emotional for me a few times. You know, I was working really long and hard hours some of those years. And I wasn't with my kids during their waking hours as much as my husband and the nanny were. And it was a little tricky to to no navigate how I felt about it when my nanny was like, hey, I think she took her first step. And I was like, oh, I missed it. Like, um, you know, sometimes I'd actually even be in that same living room 
And there would be that partition, like I said, that L-shaped bookshelf that was basically defining my office area. And I could hear things happening and I couldn't see them. And that was hard. I won't lie. Um, And the fact that I was home and I was able to jump out and be there, you know, right away in a few moments, like, hey, come look at this. I usually could. Um, So I was so close to being there and didn't miss much. But I still, you know, when you are parenting and working, there is going to always be that, (laughs) that, that situation where you might miss something. Um, But having your kids in the home can be an absolute blessing, but it can also make it hard. So that noise, like in that room with the L shape, there was no sound barrier. My office was right there and the the living room was right there. And that was the big play area. And the dining room was open to the play area, open to my office. And so it was a total blessing, but it was sometimes kind of noisy too. So a lot of times I'd be like, hey, could you bring them outside? How about you guys go for a walk or something like that? And I'm sure that in a normal situation, a nanny might not like being told what to do. You know, hey, I like to choose when I go outside. And sometimes I would just be like, oh, I'm having a hard time with getting my work done. Um, do you think you could even just go in the back bedroom or something like that? So that was question number five. Question number six. <laughs> Aside from keeping kids safe and entertained while they're in your care, what are some of the responsibilities you've taken on before while caring for someone's children? And that is exactly what I was talking about before already about are you willing to take on a few extra like light housekeeping duties? There was one gal that I did end up paying, I think it was only like an extra 20 bucks a week. Um, and I was like, hey, if I threw an extra 20, could you just take an extra hour like one day a week and just clean as much as you possibly could in that one hour. And she was pretty eager to make a little bit more money and she was willing to do that. Um, And I recognize now, looking back again, like, you know, April of now of 2021 is a little bit wiser than uh, that was, you know, I was back then. And I think I did have an expectation that some of these gals would be able to get more done while the kids were awake. And now knowing, you know, it is hard to juggle cleaning and three kids at a time. And um, I think I've learned that it's hard for me to get some of those extra chores done. And so I usually think I just said, you know, if she's napping, if you want to stay at the extra hour and just clean, that'd be awesome. That'd be really helpful, but you don't have to. And she agreed to it. Um, But I think that there was always kind of like a weird little sense of like, I thought that maybe she should do more during that time and she probably was like wow I'm trying to do so much and she never really understands how much I've already done so um just keeping an I don't know keeping the expectations realistic is is a good idea um all right and this one actually already came up earlier I mentioned this story a little earlier uh number seven do you have any special skills or experience you that you enjoy sharing with children such as a music background another language gymnastics dance etc and we didn't get the pole dancing nanny but we did get the artistic nanny who did some really amazing art projects. And then later in the journey of hiring people in, uh, we did have a gal who was um, Spanish speaking. So she's bilingual and we asked that she tried to use as much Spanish in her home as possible. And especially when she dropped off the two older kids and she was home with just the baby for several hours while I was sleeping, we asked if she could speak in Spanish with her exclusively. I don't know if that ever really was exclusive, but I think she tried. And unfortunately, that didn't, that, uh, 
she had a lot of other projects happening and ended up um, not being our long-term nanny. Um, still is a really good friend of ours. Um, I wish that uh, my daughter would have become bilingual at the ripe age of two, but it didn't really happen. Um, but definitely we have a lot of books in our home now um, that are either bilingual or Spanish only. And it's really fun when our fans do come, you know, she'll bring her, her kiddo and we're friends and they've come for Thanksgiving and I guess New Year's Eve and all these different things that um, we are trying to learn as much Spanish as we can so that we can, you know, meet them halfway at least. Um, but it's a work in progress. Uh, number eight, do you have any set hourly rates? Oh, yeah. So I mentioned the gal who said later that she wanted $25 an hour after I had already told her what her pay range was. Um, and that definitely did become an issue. Some people would interview and not tell me that they still needed more than what I was able to pay. Like they could see what we were going to pay. Um, writingcare.com, like it's, it's laid out. And I had even laid it out in this in this um, interview questions, but they still show up to interview wanting more. Um, and so I found that it was helpful to add that question into the screening interview so that that we could um, discuss that pay range even before they came in my front door. Oh, here's another huge one. As a household employee, will you be comfortable receiving a weekly check with Social Security and Medicare calculated and any taxes reported at the end of the year? You would not believe how many people do not want to work for you if they know that your taxes, that you're going to be having to take taxes out a report to the IRS. Um, so many people that's one of the things that happened um, when we moved to Arizona. We just learned that there were quite a few people that were just interested in cash only under the table. They wanted nothing to do with any of this. And when you when you have someone in your home so many hours, um, first of all, you're obligated to report it. And there's um there's a set limit. I, I can't remember now. It's been a few years since we've actually had a nanny in our home. But I think it's like once they make $600, give or take, depending on where you live, maybe, um, you are obligated to report it and they are too. And you both need to agree that this is going to happen. And one of the things I learned with care.com is, well, I would usually pay them for one month for their service. So basically what you do is kind of like posting an ad on say Facebook marketplace or something like that, but they're going to be promoting it, um, to the nannies as a job. And then you're searching for nannies that you want to try to message, but you have to pay, for the privilege of being able to actually communicate real messages. Otherwise, I think all they can do is push a button and apply, um, which I'm assuming is what happened with a lot of those people that showed up at my house that first time, the 11 people who didn't seem to know what was happening. I'm assuming that they maybe just didn't get the opportunity to really have a conversation with me. I don't know exactly what happened there, but um, I learned that it was very helpful to just say that up front that we are expecting that we will pay you more than $600 in the year. So we are expecting that we will need to re be reporting to be, you know, upstanding citizens. Um, one of the early people that we had hired was, um, had a relative who was in law and, you know, that we all learned really quickly what it meant to be a household employer. And there's W-2 forms and all of the stuff is very official. You have to, you know, do EIN numbers and all that sort of thing. And it's a thing. So if you use care.com, for instance, you can have them do some of that paperwork for you. There are calculators out there that I think you usually have to pay for um, to figure it all out. Or you can go to websites that will kind of calculate it for you. But it's a pain in the neck. I won't lie. Especially when you're not writing a checkout for even even round, you know, $100 or something like that. You're having to like 
say, well, I would pay you $100, but I have to take out this and that and the other thing. And when I'm just waking up from sleeping, you know, very groggy after just a short four hours of sleep, um, I'm still half in and out of sleep. Um, I think I messed up so many checks. Like I'd have to void and void after void because um, I kept writing the wrong numbers in my sleep. So um, yeah, that's an important question to ask if you are expecting that you'll be paying anyone more than $600. And I think that's even a thing. You might have to check if you're hiring a, a family member. You might have to check on that um, for your area because I think unless you're paying your own child, I think that there are rules about, you know, reporting taxes even with family members. So like your mom or dad or something like that. All right. Um, that was a basic uh, Big Ten questions. And then I always just asked if you, if they had any other questions or any other things that they'd want to let us know about. And that's where like that peanut allergy type thing would come up, um, which I still feel bad. I still feel bad that I, that, that girl didn't even feel safe coming into her home to interview, but I felt that it would be a dangerous situation for her. So, um, yeah, so that's my story. Um, that was our own experience. I have a sister who lives about a quarter mile away from my mom, um, up in Minnesota. And my mom has been able to, to provide childcare for my nephews for several years, like through their baby and preschool years, um, on a part-time basis or a couple of days a week. And my kids have never experienced that. So, you know, if you have a family member that you're close to, that you feel comfortable having in your home all the time, I know that that can be a little sticky for some families, uh, personal dynamics and personalities. Um, but, uh, man, I would give anything to have my mom, you know, a quarter mile down the street to, you know, pop in and, and watch the kids paid or unpaid. I would love that so much. Um I know that, you know, some people have found a really amazing um, home daycare or a local babysitter. And, you know, it depended on your work schedule. If you if you don't wake up until your kids wake up and you all are getting right at the same time and you're dropping out the door, you may not ever feel the need to have in-home help. Um, there's lots of reasons why people choose to and choose not to. And I get it. Um, if you want to talk about these options with me, I'm happy to have a conversation about it. I feel like I kind of like let it all out. Um, I, I'm trying to think if I missed any big stories, but um, I got the big ones in there, I think. Yeah, it can be a little bit uncomfortable at times to have someone in your home to be in your personal space. Like, you know, they're not just coming in your front door, but they're coming into your bedroom or they're, you know, they're in your bathroom and they're, you know, using it. Oh, that's one thing. Um, as a nanny as someone who was in someone's home, it can be a little bit like awkward sometimes to feel like, well, I'm feeding the kids, but I need to eat too. And I remember kind of wondering, eh, should I pour myself a bowl of cereal? Is that okay? Um, and so whenever we had someone in our home, we'd always be like, hey, what's your favorite kind of cereal? What do you like to eat? We want to make sure we have a few things around the house for you. And by the way, I'm going to leave some of this chocolate out for you. It's for you. You know, help yourself. Totally help yourself. Um, ice cream in the fridge. <laughs> uh, I did learn with one of my nannies that I have to tell her, but that's my birthday. Um, that's my birthday ice cream or that's my birthday chocolate. Please don't touch it because <laughs> she felt very free. Um, you know, and another thing is that... Um, as a nanny and having nannies, I've learned that some people are more likely to clean up after themselves than others. There was uh, one gal who would leave the peanut butter, like the spoon or the knife in the peanut butter and the lid was off and like the bread was open and falling on the floor. And I'm sure that something probably happened in the middle of that and some kid maybe fell and needed to get scooped up really quick. Um, we actually did at one point even have 
uh, we were doing baby wearing. And so we would have like the buckle carriers that you strap your kid on to your front or your back. And we trained one of our nannies how to use it. Um, and so she would be, you know, bouncing around with one kid on her back and helping the other kid. And um, it's very personal to be sharing like your baby wearing equipment with someone, um, especially when they're very, very different size from you. But um, it was also still really special. And I feel like that she when she had her own children in the future, that that was something that she was already comfortable with. And yeah, it's fun. It's fun staying connected with people, but it's not going to be that way for everybody. So I guess I try not to take it all too personally, but it is a very um, personal thing to have someone in your home with your children that much. I remember sometimes like having that person tag me, like the nanny would tag me in a photo of my children. And um and then every year those memories come up and I'm like, oh, that wasn't me that took that picture. Or um, actually, I think that Facebook started to recognize my kids' face as my own at some point. That was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's some things I think it's just worth talking through it. Um, something if you want to consider, I definitely recommend that screening questionnaire. The gal who complained about my questionnaire ended up not being a great fit. She stayed for several months. Um, but it was not a great fit. Oh, another thing is I ended up having to tell someone, Hey, please don't come early because <laughs> she would come 30 minutes early and she had a key to our house and she'd walk in and my husband would still be in the shower. And there were a couple of close calls that she, he'd be like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that she was in there. Um, and I don't think anything ever, anything weird ever happened, but it was like a close call. And we just said, Hey, if you get early, why don't you just stay out? in your car if you want to, you know, check the news because no need to come in early before my husband's heading out. Um, that was another little tidbit, you know, that you just have to kind of say, you know, he wasn't, we weren't expecting anyone in the house 30 minutes early. So, all right. So this has been my long talk about what it was like for me to have a part-time nanny slash mother's helper if you have something that you think would be interesting for this podcast that is related to working from home, please reach out to me. Uh, you can fill it out at yesiworkfromhome.com forward slash podcast forward slash guest, singular guest. And another thing is feel free to check out my website. Feel free to contact me. I would love to have a conversation with you. We're looking at branching out and having summer services such as a membership. If you'd like to be part of something that's ongoing, I can offer some accountability for you. Um, it's something that is near and dear to my heart is finding ways to stay in task, stay productive, and stay in touch with someone. And I've learned um, through through some different efforts of my own that having that personal contact, a real human being on the other side, is what's going to really keep me accountable. So if that's something that you might need in your work from home journey to keep you accountable and you know productive and building that productivity, um, feel free to reach out to me and I'd love to chat with you. All right, this has been April Malone with the SA Work From Home, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.